Hey guys, I want to remind you that I do have a Patreon page for those that are not familiar with that. It's an easy way for um, those interested in my work to see new exclusive content and updates before anyone else. And it's also an opportunity to contribute to the show to help with a project that we rolled out and as well as the opportunities I have to give back to the community by contributing as little as $1 per month. Yes, I do not discriminate against money. You can actually contribute to the show. As one of my listeners and supporters, I'd like to invite you to be a stakeholder on the show as well. If you're interested in becoming one of my patrons please help me and lay the foundation for what i hope to be a great ongoing project the most of show if you're not in a position to become my patron to financially contribute to the show that's no worries at all your support still means the world to me another way you can help is to spread the word every time you get announcements about new episodes please share it on your page and maybe even adding a few words about what each episode means to you and things like that so thank you all and i do appreciate your support and for giving me courage to keep this platform going now enjoy the show hello everyone i am mosibel and this is the more civil podcast Welcome back to the show. This is the More Civil Podcast, a podcast uh, about culture and cultural nomads designed for Blacks and Asians and those who love them. I'm your host, More Civil, Nigerian-born, U.S. educated, Korean-speaking, struggling intellectual. I have a student with me today and a young, bright lady. Her name is Sujana Rupaketi. Rupaketi? Oh my goodness, I was trying to do that right. Um, she's from Nepal. It's a country landlocked between India and China, and it's in the South Asia, right? South Asia region. And I didn't know this about Nepal until she told me about it. They've never been colonized before. And as a result, they have, they don't celebrate um, Independence Day, which is kind of interesting because that area, if you look at, you know, Pakistan, Bangladesh, and then India as a whole, they escaped so many of the British influence, for example, and they've been very, very isolated for a while. And she was telling me about her country, the history behind it, and they had a royal massacre sometime in 2001 that kind of blew the monarchy about, up, apart, which we're going to learn a lot more. But anyways, everyone, join me welcoming Sujana to the podcast. Um, and how we met, I met her through one of my students, actually, on Friday student told me about there's a there's a friend of mine that might be interested in your podcast so let's make it happen and then sunday which is like two days after we're here anyways hello sujana how are you doing today i'm good how are you good 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 thank so, you so much for having me on your so like when i got to know you and then like to know about like you're interested in other people's culture yeah and then like i got to this and like one of two interviews of like yours yeah it was like pretty interesting oh thank you i appreciate that feedback thank you i always want to hear people's stories because i feel like we have so much to learn from each other and no matter how different we think we are there's so many things that bind us together and so having in nepal is like in my house here in oklahoma city (laughs) yeah probably the first nepalis i have brought home i mean i have a couple of Nepalese friends, but I haven't have them. I haven't had them over here. So I, what's your feeling now? <laughs> I feel good because my hope is to have everybody, everybody from every country in the world. Because I have a map in my room where I scratch off countries of people that I've interviewed. Okay. And yeah, so I'm going to be happily scratching off Nepal anytime soon. I think my biggest catch would be anyone from North Korea. So if you have a friend from North Korea, that would be like one of my life Please goals. Our, like not our, but President Trump for that. I know. Maybe at the maybe at the rate we're going, we might have a lot of North Koreans here. That'll be my hope. But anyways, tell us a little bit more about you, Sujana. 
And um, I came here to the United States four and a half years ago yeah. to, for my bachelorate. And I finished my bachelorate in biology degree with a minor in chemistry and mathematics a month ago. She's a nerd. I can see that one. I see it. I see, guys, you can you kind of see what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> She's like my mini spirit animal. But go ahead. And um, so... So since last month, I have been studying for my MCAT because I want to go to med school and yeah, become a physician, yeah. hopefully someday. Yeah. And then that's my story. Well, um, number one, congrats on doing the MCAT. I can't imagine how much work you put into that. So congratulations for getting that out of the way. <laughs> and I do hope you score enough to get to the schools you want. And are you trying to apply for scholarships? Because medical school can be very expensive from what I've heard. Oh, yeah. It's like sixty to $80,000. For a year? year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another story. Yeah. About that later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, you know, follow your dreams. Money shouldn't be like a factor. Mm-hmm. Or it could be a factor, but don't let that hold you back. Now tell me, how long ago did you move from Nepal here? Um, Like four and a half years ago. It was like December 31st of 2013. So it was like... It flies a day before New Year. Uh, also, the thing is, we follow a different calendar. So you were, in, you were mid-air? On New Year's Day, you spent New Year's Day in an airport or in an airplane? No, I came to London in December 31st. Oh, you got here 31st? Yeah. Ah, that must have been very lonely because nobody's on campus. Oh, yeah, that's like a different story. Oh, jeez so. Louise. <laughs> so, so, what I calendar system do you guys follow in Nepal that is different uh, from the US? We have a big club sampar. So, it's uh, like we follow, we have like a different month and like we have a different calendar. We have like, this is our. I think this is 2073 BS. So we are. BS? Be what? Bikram Samba. That's like ah, what I'm saying. Is this just in Nepal? Because I haven't heard my Indian friends. Is this just peculiar to Nepal? Yeah. Uh, so when you were doing 2073 the other time, I'm trying to count. I was like, is she thinking about the future? <laughs> ah, that makes sense though. Yeah, we just celebrated our new year. It's like. Sometime in mid-April, so we uh, celebrated our New Year in April. So December, January 1st is nothing to you guys. Yeah. That's why you can travel. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So you came here from... Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I'm from Kathmandu, so that is, like, a, that is the capital. I know that. Yeah, yeah Kathmandu. Uh, where Mount Everest is. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Like, Mount Everest is not in Kathmandu. Really? I mean, like, Mount Everest is in Nepal, but, like, not in Kathmandu. Are you, are you kidding me? I thought it was in Kathmandu. No, like you don't have mountains. Jeez, I mean, like to. Well, maybe I like to myself. That's why, like, okay, when I introduce people, like, like, oh, hi, my name is Susan, so I'm from Nepal, and they're like, have you been to Mount <laughs> No. <laughs> and it's in the so it's in Sodokumbu. That's like way in the northern part. I don't do north south. So we have like Nepal, like Nepal is like a rectangular shape. Yeah. And we have like Thurai, that's like the dry region. Yeah. And then we have like Middle is the hilly region. Yeah. Where it's like always moderate like it's always in 70s throughout the year and then mm. we have like Himalayan like mountain region that's like snow throughout the year I mean when I think of Nepal like most people I just think about Mount Everest and how yeah. very touristy it is and how it's a big deal if you can climb up and climb down and not die there so but um, I'm going to ask you that question like most people you know silly ask you or ask you in a silly way yeah, yeah. have you been to Mount Everest? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so like because so many people have asked me this question, I have decided when I go to Nepal, 
I mean, like, I'm not going to climb Mount Everest. Like, of course, I'm not. I'm not going to die. But yeah. I'm just going to go to the base camp. Yeah. And then, like, when people, like, when I come back to the United States, and people ask me that. Yeah, I have been to yeah, there. I have a picture to show there. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, like, and then also I found that people think that Nepal is part of India. No, it's not. I, yeah. That one I do know. I can make a distinct difference from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, like, people think that, uh, like Nepal is a state of India. Oh, these people! Don't they know like, geography? Nepal, I know Nepal. Like, I mean, to be honest, in my like one of my class, my professor was teasing about uh, like it was a botany class, and yeah. then like he was teasing about um, like all the flora and fauna, and then like all the geographical difference. And he said that Mount Everest is in India, and then like I was in that class in the first. A professor said that. Yeah, and then I was Whoa. like, I was in that, and then like. I was in that class, and then I was sitting in the front row, and I'm like interested, but I didn't say anything. Whoa! <laughs> you should have corrected them. Right? I'm, excuse me, sir. No, it's not part of India. How do you know that? Because uh, I'm Nepali. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like interested, but then I just didn't say anything. Very good. But then, I mean... I have, but then when I first came, that was like a long time back ago. When I came, I was like totally different person, so I just didn't used to like talk, and then I didn't like. I don't like talking to people. Like when I'm in class in front of, like I don't like asking questions. Yeah. Like, I do good in one on one, but I don't like like talking in class. loud in front of like crowd. So and yeah, then, don't like, go to grad school by the way. Like US was like pretty new to me, so yeah. like, I didn't know anybody. So I just stayed and then I just listened to him. Yeah, and then one of the beautiful things wrong. about your country is. Um, you hear about female leaders around the world, like Angela Merkel from Germany. And most people don't know this, that the current um, prime minister of or president of Nepal is actually female, Vidya Devi Bandari. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. She, she is our second president. Yeah. yeah. Second and president like, and the first female yeah, president. Yeah, the first female president because mm-hmm. we want to have, like, two people. Yeah, the first one was Ram Baran Yadav, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. he was, like, the first president of United of Nepal, yeah. and like <laughs> Vidya Devi Bhandari is our second and like the first female president. Yeah, and she lost her husband though. I mean, your yeah, president um, to a car accident or so. Yeah, see, so like there was like a revolution for dem- no, that was like a revolution for day. De- oh, that was like a revolution for democracy. Yeah, and then like um after our like he after after our like monarchy system was ended, we had a revolution for like republic system. Yeah, I'm sorry, I think no, it's fine, it's fine. I like but politics then, too. I like governance. Well, then, yeah, I'm beginning like, to learn more about those. But I don't know why we had democracy system, even though we had like king and queen. But then, like it was a monarchy, though. The king and queen was a monarchy system. It wasn't democracy. It wasn't democracy. No, no, like. But then, like they fought for democracy, so we had democracy for the constitution. Oh, I see, I see. I so see. we had like king and queen, queen who. What was a democratic country? monarchy? Yeah, monarchy. And then, like it, there was like a democratic for all the other political powers and constitution, I think. Yeah. And I was still talking about your country, like I was talking about earlier on. Something really big, which is you, I just heard about when you talked about that, was the, what they now call the Royal Massacre of 2001, where your beloved king and his queen and all of his family members were wiped off. And I don't watch Game of Thrones, like I made that reference earlier, but I do know some things about Game of Thrones, and it reminded me of the Red Wedding scene. But this is like real life. 10 people died, like the whole monarchy was wiped off. What was that like for you when you were younger? Like when that happened? Uh, honestly, I was like, I don't know, I was maybe five or six years old. Like before that, I didn't even know that like we had king and queen and then like, like there is somebody, like some kind of leader because I was too young to like 
know all of that. And then like, I, I still remember, uh, I think I was quite, quite happy because we didn't have to go to school oh, that day. Because, young, like, yeah. Our school and then like all the offices and everything was closed for like, a week or so, so I was like, I was leader and then I was happy that I didn't have to go to school. But then, um, when I started like learning about all this like history about Nepal and then like royal families and everything in class, then I realized that like something really bad happened to our country where like all the royal like lord members were killed, all, like a whole generation was wiped out. Yeah. And then um there are like a lot of rumors about who killed and it's not just like King and Queen and has his immediate family. Everyone. It was like his whole the whole generation, family. yeah. And um it so was there wiped. are a lot of rumors about his eldest son killing his mom and like a whole family and then like later like killed himself because like he there's a rumor that he had an affair with like a girl that like Queen didn't want him to marry her. That's why, like, this royal massacre happened. But then there is also a rumor that his youngest brother, he killed all of his, like, eldest brother family so that he could be a king there. Like, a lot of rumors, but nothing has been proved yet. So, like, there are still rumors. And then I was, like, a week ago or so, I'm kind of, like, interested in this kind of um, study. So, like, I kind of, like, sometimes I just, like, like to know what's happening to the royal family members who are alive or like and then I read a note about um like the doctor. Yeah. Um so like the prince, all of the all of the other family members were like peeled during that time, during like the evening when they had the royal family dinner and then when the incident happened, but then like the prince, he was unconscious. Yeah, like, for he days had on his head. head. Mm-hmm. But there's a theory behind that because he was right handed but the bullet entered through his left temple. So yeah. like it, it didn't match up that he would have killed himself. Uh-huh. Maybe and I then, said that the other way around. And then like, but forensics uh, didn't match up. He was like, um, he was unconscious for like three days. So he was like alive for three days and then he dra- died after that. But then like, I was reading a note about like the surgeon who did his surgery. Like, yeah. And then he had like an article. So I was reading his article and he just had to explain like, what was the feeling? What happened? Like, what was it? What he, he felt when he saw like the king and queen like dead. And then like, because like, the queen also had a bullet on her face, yeah. but like her face was like all like brutally first, like Smashed nobody could like recognize, recognize her. her. And then like, uh, so he was like, um, he kind of explained about like what his experience was about like seeing all those fa- royal family members dying. And then he had like the prince who was like unconscious, but then they all like kind of tried to survive. So yeah. yeah. Well, well, uh, we could still go on and on about your country's history, but um, I want to go back to you as a, as a whole. So you are considered an international student. Mm-hmm. And for those listening, if you're in the U.S., if you're called an international student, which I was a part of, or I was once called, is you came here for the purpose of studying. There are different visa categories you get when you come to the U.S. as a non-U.S. citizen or mm-hmm. permanent resident you know, um, person. You can come on an F one visa or F2 if you're a spouse of a student. And F1 visa is for students. Or sometimes you can come on that J1, which is like an exchange program. So, but depending on how you're classified as a J1, for all intents and purposes, usually for educational purposes. So people that bear those kind of visas are called international students. Now, what would you say was the hardest thing for you to adjust to being an international student, mm-hmm. Sujana? I think like uh, everybody in the world or like 
who are like outside the United States or at least like people in Nepal, when we think about United States, we think about all those big buildings, like all the New York and yeah. like Washington DC, you know, like all the traffic and big buildings and like all the Hollywood stuff because that's what we see in the television, like that's what we see in the like Hollywood movies. And uh, so when I was like ready to come to United, when I got my visa, like all of my family members were happy and I was like so excited. I was like thinking in my mind, like US was like, New York and Washington DC and all those big buildings. And, um, so, and also like, because we follow a different calendar, like, we don't celebrate New Year, like, but then I knew that it was like a New Year Eve here. So I was like expecting because it was like long flight. I have to, it takes about like two days to come here yeah. because we don't have to take flight from Nepal to US. So you have to have a land over. What is that end up? Is it China or uh, Taiwan? Like, he, You just have a different route. I came, like, so I thought my flight was from Nepal to Korea and then Korea to... You stopped at Korea? Yeah, I spent Whoa. 12 hours there. How many hours? 12 hours. It was like a 12 hours layover. Wow, okay, okay. No problem. <laughs> Did you enjoy Incheon? Was it Incheon Airport? It, it, was, it was international. It was like, uh, it was in Seoul. Yeah, Incheon. That's the name of the airport. Incheon International Airport, yeah. Uh, go, 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 sorry, I, I digress. <laughs> But then, like, that was my, that was the first time, like, being in an airplane ever, so I was, like, pretty excited, and then, um, like, I was expecting, because it is, like, a New Year Eve, there, like, would have been, like, lots of parties, and, like, lots of all those lights, and everything, so when I first came here, and then, like, it was night, so I just, I was super tired, so I, I went to bed immediately, Yeah. and then after, I woke up, and then I, like, Open the door and I was like, where the heck I am? Because <laughs> America was supposed to be all this big building. Yeah. Oh, you came to I, Oklahoma, honey, and you yeah. were in Lutton, which is like, <laughs> that ain't no Oklahoma City and it ain't no New York, baby. <laughs> no, I, like, I opened the door and I was like, where the heck I am? Like, this is not, this is not America. Like, this is not supposed to be America. I mean, like, not the America that everybody else, like, dream about. Yeah. And, um... So that was your first lesson in culture shock. Yeah. How realities and expectations sometimes don't match up. <laughs> and then I thought, like, it's a new year, so, like, it's, a, like, America's new year. Like, because in Nepal, like, even though it's not our new year, and yeah. I'm from Kathmandu, and then, like, it's a tourism place, so we have, like, lots of uh hotels, and we have, like, a tourist place, and then, like, they celebrate new year for, like, the people visiting to our country, and we have, like, all the slides, and... Like, so there's like kind of celebration from Christmas to New Year. They have like all the, like Santa Claus and lights and like all those. So I was like, I was just expecting that because like, I was like, it's not our New Year, but then it's still, we celebrated, but then like it's America's New Year, but then like there's nothing. And I just did nothing in that New Year. They yeah. had to sat home and then like the other Nepali girls who like allowed me to stay at their house. Mm -hmm. This is like stayed at their house too. So you've answered two questions in one. The, one of the things that was hard for you to adjust to was just how your expectations of America didn't match up to what you <laughs> thought. But at the same time, it was kind of buffered by the Nepalese girls that helped you kind of stay integrated into the system slow by slow. I think I kind of um, I highlights the point of having a sense of community around you. No, yeah. And then, so after, that is like my first experience. But then after that, I... Started going to Cameroon and then um, I met like my professors like yeah. Phil and then I met Gold and like I met my friends and families and then like I started making friends. Yeah. 
and then like after after then like but then the other barrier was like the language because okay in Nepal but like we have our own Nepali language and then we kind we are kind of influenced by like a British culture so we learn British English there and then like in Nepal what we do is like we write in English like we have all those English subjects yeah. so we like kind of write in English but then we don't, like talk you don't in Nepal speak, yeah, yeah, yeah so like our accent is different and yeah. then like we are not used to talking in English so when I first came here I could hardly understand anybody like and then they could hard, hardly understand me so like when they talk I had to ask like two or three times to every single person like, that must have been very frustrating though and then like because when I was in Nepal I thought that I knew English like I was pretty good in English but then when I came back when I came to United States I'm like why am I not understanding what they are saying like they have to be talking in English but then people used to ask me several times to understand like what I was saying yeah so it was like kind of frustrating at the beginning but then I just got like start and then like oh the cafeteria that was like the main thing I like I didn't like any of the food and like all those pizzas and burgers yeah I was, like, not kind of, like, outgoing person. Because you're a vegetarian, too, right? Did yeah. you, was that consideration for your food breakfast? Yeah. And then, like, the first pizza that I had ever had in my life was, like, when I came to United States, and then, like, they had a some kind of, un, like, some kind of get-together party in the housing office or something for the new resident, and that was, like, the first time I had pizza. And then it was, like, okay, but then I was, like, really not fond of pizza or yeah. burger or sandwiches or anything so for the whole semester all I ate was like salad and then cookies in the cafeteria and sometimes I used to eat rice and then like they used to cook later but then like they put sugar in it I don't know why so they put sugar in lentils yeah it was like sweet lentils (laughs) maybe honey maybe (laughs) but then yeah like so it was like everything was different. Like culture was different. People spread different. I yeah. didn't have my parents with me. Food was different. Yeah. Education system was different. And um, like everything was different. Yes. Okay. Um, second question I have for you is this. If you could change the world today, if you have the power to change the world, what kind of changes would you make? Change the world? I don't know. I think I will gather all the orphanage children who, like, don't have parents or, like, who don't have, like... The orphans? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, orphans, like, who don't have their parents and, like, who don't have, like, somebody to take care of. Like, I'll just call, like, everybody and then, like, give them a good access, like, good education access so, like, they can be a good person in the future. Yeah. Like, I really... I want to be a physician, like... But then, like, my dream is, like, not to limit myself, like, being a doctor. Yeah. Like, I want to travel. I want to, like, become a global doctor. Like, I want to like travel. a doctor around. without borders, traveling yeah. around. Like, and... I want to travel. I just, like, don't want to limit myself in, like, a city or so. Like, I yeah. just want to travel. And then, like, I just want to, uh, like, visit the world and then, like, give treatment to those people who really need those, yeah. who don't have access. And then, like, it feels like if I happen to earn enough money I just like really want to open like orphanage home for and help kids oh, that's beautiful I see how you how you were able to combine your passion for medicine and also your dreams and making a difference using your talent yeah and then it's I really have been following a, uh, like a magazine it's called World Mission like World Health Mission so like yeah. you know, like doctors who travel to a different parts of the world yeah. like 
they are, they were like several doctors in Nepal too, in India and like all those places. And then like, they just treat the people who really like, who don't have like money or like who don't have like health access. And yeah. Just, like, so I thought that was quite interesting. Very good. Um, I have two more questions for you and we're going to round it off. Um, so why do you want to be a, a doctor? And along that line, it's, what I meet a lot of Nepalese students here, you hardly find people that come here for a, a medical degree. They're usually, you know, all that kind of courses because medicine here is very expensive. Why did you leave Nepal and come all the way to the U.S. to get a medical degree? So those are two questions. Okay. Between one. So why do I want to be, be a, doctor? a doctor? Short sentence, short, simple sentences. Because, I don't know. So, like, I have, like, since I was little, I have all, like, I, science was my favorite subject, and I have always been curious about, like, how human body works, and, like, like, to learn more about, like, human body, but then also, I want to, like, I want to be in a social service field, but, like, through medicine. You want to be in what? Like, in a social service, I want to, like, help people. Like, okay, social like, services, but, yeah. yeah. Like, through medicine. Through medicine, Okay. That's good. That's it. And then why did you leave Nepal? Why did you come all the way here? Given how expensive it can be and how medicine here is a second degree. That means you have to go to school first, get your pre-med courses out of the way, and then apply to medical school. Um, so when I finished my high school, I was... So, like, in Nepal, if you want to go to med school, like... So after finishing high school, you can like directly go to med school, but mm -hmm. then like you have to pass that entrance exam. Like in my country to Nigeria, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I was studying for that like entrance exam, and then like I used to go to an institution where they like gave us a pass to yeah. prepare for entrance, and I was doing that. And then, um, but then it is kind of like we have like just a limited number of med school in Nepal, and then like you either have to be like super super smart or, or like super super rich. So yeah, that's what it is. Super, super <laughs> and then also, uh, like because of all those corruption and everything, like there was like a lot of humors. And then um, you know, like if you have if you have money, then like that was kind of like humor about. And um, so I was studying. Like I really wanted to go to med school, but then I was like not sure if I can get into med school. Yeah. And then like because it's not just about like you; it's about like. Yeah. All the social powers and everything like during that time, like yeah, and then like all the money that you need to have. Yeah. And of course, it is expensive here too, but then like it just doesn't matter like how good a student you are or kind of like it just was bonded by like social powers or yeah. like kind of those things. But okay. it might not be true. Like that's what the rumor was about. And then I was like kind of uh just like deciding, kind of like thinking about my alternate opportunity, like alternate. What I think of, like, about what I want to do if yeah. I don't get a certificate in med school, kind of. And then uh, my cousin lived here, so I don't know, like, somehow my uncle, he kind of, like, influenced me to apply for United States. And I'm like, because, like, U.S. is a big country and, like, it has a lot of opportunity and it is a developed country. So everybody wants to come here for, like, better opportunity, better life and all those, like, yeah. better job opportunities. Have a piece of that American pie. Uh-huh. Nom nom. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, like, so I was like, he kind of influenced me, so I decided to apply for U.S. And then, like, I, like the main reason I decided for myself was, like, in Nepal, we have, like, a different education system. Like, we have a good theoretical education, but, like, not practical. Practical, yeah. yeah. 
But then, like, and that's a problem in most developing countries because mm-hmm. you don't really have the infrastructure to translate theory into practice. Yeah, so, yeah, and then also, like, I thought, well, if I work hard, or if I study hard, and then, like, if I get to go into med school, then, like, I'll have a degree that will be globally accepted yeah. so I can, like, work. Because, like, my dream is to, like, not limit myself to, like, becoming a doctor. Like, yeah. I just want to, like, go around and then work globally. And yeah. then I'll have a degree that will be, like, globally. Because, like, there is a big difference between having, a like, a degree from Nepal and then, like, degree from the United yep. States. Yep, true. And then, uh, also, like... So, you made a very good business decision. <laughs> I might as well... I, can, I might still go through the stress of of medical school but I want to go to a place where the ROI the return on investment no, you know yeah. is higher like I was like like I was just like looking up like how to get accepted to like school medical school in London yeah. kind of thing and then like there's like if you have a degree from like UK like USA Canada or something so that's like the, yeah, yeah. Like, a, like I can sell my degree anywhere anywhere, you know, like, good. anywhere around the world so Very good. that was also and I was like um uh, and then I just decided to come here. Good. And um, for those that are listening, one of the things you have to do here in the U.S. before you, you know, get into medical school is to go for a pre-med. Sometimes people get like a degree out of it or they just, maybe they get like a, a first degree, maybe biochemistry or biology, or you might not even major in a degree, just take all your required courses. And then at the end of that, when that is over, you take what is called the medical college admission test, mm-hmm. which is called the MCAT. And you took yours yesterday. How was it? It was like the hardest test I have ever taken. And you haven't seen it. You haven't started taking your board exams when you start, you know, before you well, after before you get into residency. Um, what was what was how was that difficult for you or easy for you preparing for? Um. Okay, like the course that is like critical reading and analysis section that yeah. was hard because that was like most of the person was like literature and then yeah. like from Nepal like we don't we, like we don't ever have to like if you're in science, yeah, you don't even in my country you don't have to worry about literature, which is sometimes important. I don't know why they just excuse you from those. I know, like, that's why like the education system, like the difference in education system come here. I yeah. think because in Nepal if you are a scientist student or like, and then like, and also like, if you're, you have like, a, you're a science student, so you either you can be like a biological science student or physical, physical science student. student. Yeah. If you are a biological science student, all you have to study is like biology, physics, chemistry, biology, yeah. math, and English. Then like English yeah. But then like, we don't really, really study English. You don't like, study English in, in Nepal. I mean, we do, but then we don't like really give importance to. <laughs> well, we, so, st- we study that heavily in my country, and you have to take exams. Like it's compulsory to pass it. I know. That's it was hard for me to prepare for that course, yeah, part like of course, reading, yeah. reading and analysis section because yeah. like yeah and then I don't know what it was easy nothing was easy yeah so <laughs> it wasn't even like different you have to like know all the person yeah. but then like they give up passes to read and then you have to answer a question on the basis of that passage but then you have to have information about everything in biology to understand that passes you well you wanted to find out how the body works but there you go um (laughs) and then what how many colleges did you apply to i haven't applied yet or to the stop and then like my plan is to 
Now as an international student, what's funding like for you for medical school? I can imagine it's going to be much more expensive because, and again, if you end up going to a school that is out of state for you, you're going to be paying a lot more in tuition. Are you going to be taking out loans or is there like a secret stash of money you have somewhere? <laughs> are you, by the way, are you a, are you a queen in your, or a princess from Nepal? Let me know so no, I can like kidnap you and get you for ransom. <laughs> are you an undercover princess? Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> You need to answer that question. I need to know. Yes or no? You can't lie about it. You're not a princess. Okay, God. Dang it. I was hoping you were going to be from a Nepalese princess. That was my chance, God. So how are you worried about money, like about finances? I think I'm more worried about getting into med school now. Well, she's rich, people. <laughs> she's a princess. I think if you have, like, uh, a strong will to do something. I like that. Gonna, you're just going to find a way. I like that. I like, and I like how you're thinking. Like, money is going to cost you money anyways, you know. So you might as well just get the best. And then even if you have to accrue the loans, by the time you add that value to yourself by becoming a doctor, you can always pay that back. No, and then like, okay, so it is like super hard for international students to get into medical school. Like yeah. Only like three or four percent out of hundred percent get into medical school. Yeah. And then like, of course, because like, only very few schools take international students. Like none of the medical schools in Oklahoma take international students. Right? That's that's very horrible, yeah, by the way. Like OU Health Science Center does not take any international. You have to be like a citizen or resident. So oh, it's like yeah. only very few schools take, and then it is like super hard and super competitive. I mean, it is competitive for Americans, like for the yeah for their own yeah, like but even twice as hard for yeah. It is like like yeah, twice hard. Because that's hard for international students. And then, yeah. like after that, we it is kind of because we have to pay all those like our tuition waiver, and then like we don't get loans from banks, so yeah. like we have like, cosign, yeah, yeah. So it is kind of hard. And then when I first came here, I like I knew I wanted to go to med school, but then like you know I came here and then like I found that reality, like like and then all those um seniors that were like studying, they kind of like told me like oh like you like. It's impossible for international students to like go and then uh, like to go to med school because it is like expensive. You can't get accepted to med school. Kind of those rumors, and then like I was kind of like disappointed that time. And then I thought about like maybe like medical field is not for me because like maybe like because like if I wanted to go to med school like like I would not have come here in the United States. Yeah. Like, I can't even go to med school if I like even if I want to kind of thing. And then. Um, so I just started looking for like other options, what I want to do. And then I started doing research and then I started thinking about, but then I like research, but then I realized that that's not the thing that I want to Passion spend about. Like, the rest of my life. Like, yeah. and then, um, I started doctors and then like, even I knew that I was like not going to get accepted to med school. Like I just started following doctors and studying doctors and then wanted to know like how the being physician life is here in the United States. So I started doing that and then I really liked that and I was like, that is the only thing that I want to do, like, kind of. Yeah. And then it took me a lot because, like, almost everybody told me to thought about second option because, like, they kind of knew that I'm kind of, like, um, studious and then, like, I have a college and then I really want to do something, like, great. But then, like, they just all didn't want me to be disappointed and then, like, lose all my college and hopes so, of, like, they kind of thought, encouraged me to thought about second option. But then, um, I mean, I tried, but then 
I just love medicine, like medical field so much that, and then it kind of took me a lot of college to decide that, okay, I'm not going to listen to anybody. I'm just going to like, I'm just not going to think about anything. I'm just going to like focus on applying to med school. Yeah. And then that's where I am. Like, so it like lots of people, like they say a lot of things, but I'm like, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm just going to apply. And then I thought like, even if I don't get accepted in med school, I will be still happy because I knew that like I still tried my best in yeah. like, all way possible. So I'm like, I'm not worried about like anything. I'm like not worried about money. Or, I know I don't have money, like, but then still I'm like not worried about finding a job or like, like what I'm exactly. gonna do, like how am I gonna pay med school? Everything I just know that I need to get this a bit med school and then. Like, I know I have a strong will. Yeah. So I know I'll find it some way. Well, I do wish you the best with that. And whatever school you end up going to, I'm sure they'll be, they'll be, they'll be very glad to have you. And as far as the future goals of going about and making a difference in the world, do wish you the best with that. Now, um, final questions would be, so you're from Nepal. What would you want, what would you want the world listening, you know? To you, what would you want them to know about Nepal? Things that we probably don't hear about, because we don't hear about Nepal a lot. The last time I heard about Nepal was when that earthquake happened. Oh yeah. You know? And so, what would you want? The, what would you want the world to know about Nepal? And it shouldn't include anything like Mount Everest, because we all know that. Why should we visit Nepal? Mount Everest is not in Kathmandu. <laughs> well, she's very particular about that. People, <laughs> we've heard that. What else? What What is Nepal like? That what if you could tell Nepal to somebody listening? Why should they visit Nepal? Uh, okay, like, it's not like my words, but then people who go to Nepal think that Nepalese people are like really friendly. Yeah. And then like, uh, you know, they are like very welcoming. And then they're not bad people. They're bad people. They are not bad people. Because they're friendly? I mean, they're bad people everywhere, regardless of what country, right? So what's the point here? I don't get it. Maybe you should try to say it again. <laughs> Because <laughs> because we all know that, that people are people regardless of where they are, what skin color they are. There'll be good people, there'll be bad. There'll, there'll be people who do good things and the people who do ba- who do bad things. It's just the the way life rolls generally. Uh, what I want to know about Nepal? We'll just stick to Mount Everest is not in Kathmandu. <laughs> it's a small country, but like it's a smaller than Oklahoma State. Yeah, but then like. You have 21 million people though there. Yeah. Yeah, 21 million people. That's a lot of people. Oh, yeah. In that small place. But then, I don't know. That's a very cool country. You, it is like a very diverse country in every way. Okay. That's good. And along that line, I'm from Nigeria, right? Mm-hmm. Is there anything you're curious to know about Nigeria? That you like for me to answer? You can ask me anything. It's your chance. Ask a Nigerian. <laughs> is that like what is that uh, spicy rice oh jollof rice yeah jollof rice oh my you've God. been jolloffed your friends have jolloffed you but they've like, given you the rice yeah I mean like uh, we have so like I have I always like when I was at Cameron I always used to go to your Independence Day celebration because they always celebrate their Independence Day yeah October 1 every year mm-hmm. so I used to go there and then like we have a diversity day where like all the clubs cook their like traditional food and then they always like used to cook that jollof rice and then like um, it was some sweet round fried things yeah puff 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 yeah girl you like them yeah so what do you want to know about this food 
You're supposed to ask me a question about Nigeria. That's good. If you don't want to ask, if you don't have any question, that's fine. I don't know what to ask. Gold, do you want to help out? I was just gonna say, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yeah. Uh, it's plantains. What you guys just had a while ago. Oh, okay. But it's not even indigenous to Nigeria. It's from Central America. I think during one of the slave routes, slave trade, transatlantic stuff, but somebody brought it and it's become a major staple in my country. But it's not like Nigerian, Nigerian. I like rice as well. I like that party rice, the jollof rice. We opted, well, I don't know what for it is party rice. But you shouldn't eat it all the time because I don't, I can't get tired of it, by the way. Growing up, it was a special treat to eat it. But now that I'm older, I can like, cook it anytime I want. Yeah. So. Okay, what is Nigeria like? Nigeria, it's a beautiful mess, <laughs> <laughs> but it's still my beautiful mess, you know. Um, the people are really good. They're nice. Kind of like you were talking about your Nepalese people. Um, there are many sides to Nigeria, depending on where you go. I grew up in Lagos, which is, you know, That's southwest. It used to be until we moved to Abuja. It used to be the capital until they moved to Abuja. Um, Lagos is close to the Atlantic Ocean. So um, when it's hot, it's really hot and humid when it's cold it's really cold and dry and there's a lot of seafood and i mean it's it's we have our challenges like i was telling you earlier on but i think what makes nigeria beautiful is people there's a way we just there's a spirit we have like a nigerian spirit is why your friends and nigerian friends because when you're talking about them i could see the smile in your eyes well those are that's those are the examples of nigerians you see around and so yeah it's it's um, a tourist friendly. Some areas of the country are not very stable, so you might probably want to check before you travel. But for the most part, it's it's vibrant. Where I'm from is vibrant. There's so many people. Um, if you're from another country, you can adapt quickly. And if you can live in Nigeria, you can probably live anywhere. Kind of like New York. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you can survive in Nigeria, you can survive anywhere. I tell you, yeah. I'm telling you. It's a saying there. If you can survive in Nigeria... Is it because it's expensive or? No, it's just, it, it takes a kind of survival instinct to survive, especially in Lagos where I'm from, because it's very high paced, it's fast paced, there's traffic, there's so many hardships and, and, but the people are just, the people that live there and the place, there's a mismatch, which is like the beauty of it, because we don't deserve where we live because of the hardships. So if you can survive that and still come out happy <laughs> and, you know, optimistic and positive about life, you can live anywhere. And I think an average Nigerian is resilient. We bounce back really quickly. And it's that resilience you, you need in life when, you know, life throws cobbles at you. And that's why when Nigerians come to the U.S. or anywhere, anywhere else in the world, we really, really shine a lot. Because we're used to, we have a, a very deep survival instinct. We can survive anywhere. Some of us say if you go to a place and you don't find a Nigerian there, don't live in that place. <laughs> Move away, find somewhere else. Yeah. We're, 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 we're an interesting bunch of people. And I love, I love us. So yeah, that's Nigeria. Anyway, so that was it. Thank you for, um, taking a chance being on the show today. Really, really enjoyed sharing your story, learning more about Nepal and just your distinct history of never being colonized. Thanks for letting us know about what it was like moving from Nepal here and you know, the adjustments you had to make. And I'm glad you do have a community around you because it's nothing like having that community as an international student and these friends become um, family as a whole and 
one thing we also forget, always forget to mention, like you have to make some changes as an international student. Like you used to be very shy, like you told me earlier on, but you've since, you know, made modifications around that. Cause if you had kept to yourself, you probably wouldn't be thriving as you are right now. So for those listening, just step out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, people might extend their hands of friendship, but you have to take that back because friendship is a two way thing. And also for your passion of wanting to be a global, um, medic traveling around and raising hope and helping kids around the world and giving care to people. I do wish you the very best with medical school and I hope and pray that you get what you really want. And when I see you next time in the future, I'll be like, wow, she did it. So yeah, thanks for coming on the show as well. Thank you for having me. Okay. Good. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. This has been the Marcible podcast and um, catch you guys on another episode. I remain your host, Marcible. <laughs>